thank you once again for joining us this week on the BWF podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, each week my co-host G. Patrick Condon and myself, Aaron Bishop, aka The Bish, will take a deep dive into the biggest matches, segments, storylines, and promos of all time. And if that's not enough, we have extreme drunken trivia, a listener mailbag where our fans write in with questions, and much more. Thank you very much to our fans who have subscribed and follow us on social media. If you haven't already, don't be lazy now, and do us a favor, like us on Facebook and Instagram, and even Twitter. A whole bunch of pictures have been uploaded, with many more to come. All you have to do is search BWF Wrestling Podcast. This week, we deep dive into Hulk Hogan versus The Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 6. We'll also talk about Patrick's real-life controversy surrounding his squid-eating championship, and we will discuss the Hart family history. Patrick, brother, what's happening? Hello, Aaron. That's a very good introduction. I'm very, very proud of you to see uh, how far you've come. You got the microphone up in your hand and everything. This is, you're a real pro. In our break, you've taken what was already operating at the highest of levels, and you somehow managed to bump it up again. So I think we should all be very proud of the work that you do. Take it serious. I am. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you, t- I thought you told me to take it serious. I know you do. <laughs> I've just been accused of so much this week, you know, that I'm, I'm in defense mode, to be uh, frank. But this is the best time of the week now. I'm going to relax and, you know, talk about anything else except for my controversies. Anything else except your controversies. All right. Okay. I will not bring it up once. Okay. I promise. But... Okay. Oh. The mailbag might have something in there. I don't know. I, I can't I can't speak for the mailbag, but I promise not to bring it up personally. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I appreciate that. And we all know that the mailbag is legit as legit goes. And we have to do the bidding of our fans, our mass network, which you've told me now we are solidly in Europe. Absolutely. I was actually going to bring this up before we got into the mailbag. But yeah, we have listeners from all around the world, including England, Scotland, France, Russia, and we are coast to coast in in America from California all the way over to New York. I see you, Missouri City, Texas. I see you. (laughs) And of course, we are coast to coast across Canada as well. Thank you very much to all of our passionate fans. We're even getting people writing into us on Facebook. Yeah. That's great. And you know what? I was thinking we should come up with some sort of name for our fans. I don't know what it is, but I was thinking, you know, maybe fans, it's a little bit of a passe kind of term. I wonder if we could call them the BWF marks, maybe, or something like that. Something else to kick around. Something to kick around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm just going through our social media right now. I made a post yesterday about all the wrestlers I met. And right now we are getting people liking it. Marcus Orton. He's all over it. Jared Clay is all over it. My goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of people here who are tuning into and discovering the BWF podcast. It's a very exciting time for us. That's beautiful. And the biggest news of all, we didn't stop. We didn't stop. We took a break. You went down to Colorado to watch Taylor Swift. And just like you promised, you came back and here we are. So, I mean, I think barring some sort of tragedy, 
I think uh, this is the real deal now, isn't it? I think so, too. And Rebecca Curtis Perry writes in saying that they are our number one fan. So, Rebecca Curtis Perry, I do appreciate that message. I see it there. Thank you. Like this is this is crazy. This is bigger than I ever thought we would ever be, Conan, to tell you the truth. And we're only well, 15 weeks in. Yes. And if you're happy, I'm happy. You're my audience. You tell me if it's good or if it's not, and take it from there. And I'm happy, obviously, to figure out a way to drain these people of as much money as possible. So I'm thinking merchandise. I'm thinking behind the scenes, dick pics, those kinds of things. You know, my head is that's where my mind is going is how do we make a buck off of these marks? Well, we have t shirts ordered. We should see them soon. They should be here the first week of August. So Another big announcement of ours is that we are going to stream video with our podcast, hopefully mid-August. So by then, our merch should be visible, available, and ready to go. Um, yeah, this is said. It's a great time to be alive, man. Cool. Beautiful. And more on that as it comes. And now, we had a standalone episode last week. I think this one is a standalone as well. Uh, the Jake yeah. Roberts episode was great. I know uh, people were coming up to me at my other gig saying that they loved hearing the stuff about Jake Roberts in that particular storyline. Something that hasn't been covered very uh, thoroughly like we got into it. And people are really liking the references to the story beats is what I'm hearing. You know, watch along with matches are great, and we do that too, but it's the promos and the stories leading up to those big matches is kind of what we get into. And, you know, that was the golden era for a lot of people, and that Jake Roberts thing is something that a lot of people know little bits and pieces, myself included, but to get into it and sort of bring it all together, that's what we're here for. Exactly, and I've even heard feedback saying that people have forgotten how good Paul Bear was. And, you know, discussing to him in the, in the funeral parlor, just bringing back all kinds of memories and, and everything else. And that's what we do, man. That's what we're here for. That's the goal of the podcast. Hell yeah. Now, the, I guess, connection to this week's episode and uh, where we left off is Mr. Warrior. Jim Warrior. Yeah. Mr. Jim Ultimate Warrior <laughs> Hellwig, a very controversial man. We are going to look into what I don't even think is arguable, which is without a doubt the best moment of his career oh yeah it's not even arguable this is but, the peak ultimate warrior last week we saw the demise of the ultimate warrior this week we are going to relive the peak of the ultimate warrior and, and i'm looking forward to that because like i've seen that match at wrestlemania so many times everybody knows about that match everybody knows a lot of the story behind that match but the things leading up to it and how they get there is just golden era wrestling promo storyline beats. The promo that the Ultimate Warrior gives before WrestleMania 6 is stuff of legend. It might be the most cringeworthy, craziest promo I think we'll ever hear. I, I can't wait to listen to it. It's going to be great. Beautiful. All right, Conan, it is time for a mailbag this week. If you wish, you can start us off by going into bwfpodcasts at gmail.com and looking into our mailbag there. And there is a question from a fan. Would you like to read it out for us, please? Sure. So this is coming from a lady purported to be named Laura Lee. She says... 
Hey gang, love the pod. Keep up the great work. A lot of people say wrestling is like a soap opera for boys. What are your thoughts on that? Love always, Laura. Well, uh, Laura, thank you very much for writing in. The straight answer or the fast answer to that is yes, of course it is. The long answer, you know, wrestling is scripted. It has protagonists, it has antagonists. Wrestlers have something to overcome, good versus evil. Just like a storyline in a soap opera, yes, absolutely, wrestling is a soap opera for boys. I think that term, that saying is brought up a lot of the times maybe to poke fun at wrestling fans. But the way mm-hmm. that I kind of look at it, and I was thinking as you were talking there, Bish, is that if anything, soap opera is a girl's version of pro wrestling because pro wrestling predates the soap opera pro wrestling goes back to i mean hundreds of years uh soap operas are the you know 19th since the invention of television maybe on radio you could say there were soap operas but nonetheless so that's the way that i look at it but it's sort of melodrama pregnancy weddings funerals you know that kind of stuff but yeah i would say that all the best soap operas take their moves from pro wrestling well said friend well said thank you thank you and thank you laura laura lee from we don't know where we don't know where she's from but she did write in and she did have a question and god love her for it aaron do we have anything else we do question number two yeah hey guys growing up two of my favorite wrestlers were brett and owen hart I used to love putting my siblings in the sharpshooter and not letting go, hearing them scream. It was great. Anywho, I've always been confused about the Hart family history. Can you please explain the family tree to me? Thanks. Patrick, we have the Hart family history here, starting with Stu and Ellen Hart. Stu Hart is a tough old bastard from Saskatoon, born in, uh, fuck, what, 1919 or some shit like that? I don't know. Way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. He was a wrestler, promoter, booker, sailor, and a football player. Uh, him and Helen got together and they had many, many kids. All of them either became a wrestler or got involved in the wrestling business somehow, or they married a wrestler. All of them. We have Smith Hart, Bruce Hart, Keith Hart, Wayne, Dean. And Ross, these are all kids that were involved somehow. Bruce and Keith were the most prominent of these children being featured in Stampede Wrestling the most. And then along came Brett and Owen. I'll get to them in a second. Of course, we all know who Brett and Owen are. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the ladies' side, we have Ellie Neidhart, who married Jim Neidhart. We have Georgia. Her husband is just a no-name wrestler who didn't make it, but one of their kids is Teddy Hart. And then, of course, you have Diana, who married the British Bulldog. <laughs> right, yes. The most well-known of the Hart sisters, for sure, because of her involvement in that Hart storyline at SummerSlam. Exactly. And their kids are Harry Smith and George Smith. And Harry goes by Davy Boy Smith Jr. And he wrestles in New Japan, carrying on the family legacy. Brett, they uh, Brett and his wife, they have four kids. And right now, they are running... Dungeon Wrestling in Calgary, Alberta. Really? Yeah. They even have the Stu Hart Heritage Championship. 
So why? Uh, I had no idea that his kids got involved with. I remember that they, um, when Brett was doing his run in '95 in the WWF magazine, one issue, mm -hmm. his kid Dallas, I want to say, Dallas, yep. yeah, Blade and Dallas, Blade and Dallas, yeah. Imagine being named Blade. They, uh, I think, were interviewed or were featured somehow. Then, so I was aware of the two kids. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're running their own promotion. Said the Stu Hart Heritage Championship is currently held by free agent Nick Aldis. Hopefully, we'll oh, wow. see him in AEW or WWE soon enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Ellie and Jim Neidhart, of course, Jim Neidhart was the tag team partner of Brett, the Hart Foundation. They have kids, and one of them is Natalia, current WWE superstar. Mm -hmm. And Natalia is married to former superstar and current producer Tyson Kidd. I like Natalia. I like the way that she looks, anyways. Do you really? I do, yeah. Not, there's some... I should not know. I don't want to shame anybody, but I do not like the way she looks at all. Really? I, there's something about oh, her, the way that she's built. I like a broad-shouldered lady, you know? And she's got them. She's got those shoulders. And just a natural beauty. Well, to each their own. <laughs> and who else? Is that it? Is that everybody? Have we... Owen and Martha have kids, OG and Athena, yes. but they're not involved in the in the industry at all. So, but yeah, that is your entire heart family history wrapped up in two minutes. Very good, very good, Aaron. Yes, yes you get an applause for that. That entire family was really featured heavily in the sort of like mid early mid nineties, kind of you know when Brett was on top. They always went with Stu. And did you know that the storyline between Brett and Owen was pitched by Bruce Hart with him playing the role of Owen? He pitched himself in Owen's part, and Brett made the decision to switch it to Owen. That's amazing. I did not know that. But also, did you know that Keith Hart was supposed to be the main piece of the whole uh when Vince bought Stampede Wrestling and Brett and Not Hurt and the Bulldogs and all them when they all came over from Stampede, Keith Hart was supposed to be the centerpiece, but mm. Keith Hart broke his contract. He broke the rules of his contract somehow and it pissed off Vince to the point where he wanted nothing to do with him. Wow. I yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't been, know that. Yeah. So was Keith one of the four brothers in that Survivor Series match in ninety three? Yes. It's Keith and Bruce. Yeah. And Brett and Owen. That's really good. Okay, we need to deep dive into that someday. That's that's some yes. good shit there. Yeah, that's a great that's a great storyline. I um and I think it will make you uh enjoy Bruce because Bruce really did not hesitate at any moment to try and get himself over and involved. I mean, he must be miserable because life did not work out the way that Bruce Hart <laughs> tried to. And actually, you know what? When when the Hearts all got into the ring when Brett faced McMahon at that WrestleMania, yeah. at the end of the match, Bruce walked on Vince's back, and that was unscripted. And I think Bruce ended up getting banned or something from the Hall of Fame ceremony or his some heat because of that oh my god wow yeah. there you go wow good Holy. question yes, Holy. and you know what i got one here for you actually that um that just came in right before i met you to start recording and okay. um basically it's not so much a question 
but it was somebody that went in and examined an answer that you gave last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, or last episode, I should say. And it was the question of what kind of pornography, you know, do you watch or what is the last porn that you have on your phone? And I showed mine without any problem at all. And you wouldn't show yours. And then, and it's too late now, we're not interested anymore because we have somebody, the only answer you said is that you look up ass porn. (laughs) I, would, I can't believe you did that, but you, and I never really even called you. I just sort of moved along and of all things, you would only say that you got into ass porn. So uh, again, not a fan. He's not a fan. He's more of an employer. I would say that went and did just sort of a brief search of what kind of things pop up when you search ass porn. And it's stuff like bet you can't choose which ass to fuck. I like it in my pussy, but love it in my ass. You should try it sometime. This is all stuff on Reddit, too, which is the other thing that you specified, that this is what you look up on Reddit is ass porn. I don't always want it in my ass, but if my wife says so, I'll let her go. So, I don't know, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Okay. You got it wrong. It's this right. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, it's our ass? Yeah, the, the actual subreddit ass? Yeah, oh no. Yeah, no, I can see it. I know. I know. It, okay. Okay. So yeah, there you go. That is the Reddit site that I look at with the ass. It's not what you were Googling up or not what you're searching up. Totally I mean, different. I didn't search shit. I didn't search shit. I just got a screenshot here and these are the investigations that people will do. And I thought that it was gonna happen. I said I thought that it was probably worse for you not to give an answer, but you know, you, you caught me off guard. I was uncomfortable, I was embarrassed. I've had a week now to stew it over. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. all good. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking at that subreddit now. It's disgusting. Somebody's, oh, making, it somebody's making their ass sphincter wink. I lubed <laughs> it up so you can start stretching. He looks like he works out. I'll give him that. <laughs> oh, shit. That was good. All right. All right. What do you got? What do you got for us? All right. Question number three. Our mateys. Oh, Fuck. Oh, God. All right. So here we go. I think this is okay. We need a little bit of context before we even get into this. Yeah. Johnny Con- Depp. So- What's going on? Johnny Depp, right? So Condon Patrick, he was involved in a squid eating contest that we've alluded to earlier in this. Aaron, Aaron, podcast. please. Aaron, please. I said I didn't want to talk about it. Okay. Just what does this have to do with the pirate? Are you talking about the pirate that has been harassing me online since? Yes, there has been a pirate that's been harassing you online, and I, I think this is from him. I yeah. mean, it starts off our mateys, so it's got to be this guy. Mm. So, here I we go. I responded to him. Go ahead. Our mateys, I was recently at a squid eating contest in mm-hmm. which G. Patrick himself was involved. What happened next was despicable. Mm. Patrick actually cheated and won. That's not fair. I'm sure the other teams trained really hard for weeks beforehand. Now, if you look at my Facebook profile, you'll see that I talk, dress, and act like a pirate. Yep. So if you please, can you respect my culture and read the rest of this in a pirate's voice and take heed to what I have to say? Oh, my God. I mean, it's everybody these days. Go ahead. Do it. I don't want the pirate contingency coming after me, so I got to apologize to them. 
I agree. Now, if, my pirate's a bit rusty, so if it sounds more like Sean Connery, I do apologize, but... <clears throat> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you? Were you about to say Shiver Me Timbers? I don't think that's a pirate <laughs> saying, is it? It's a pirate saying. Okay, okay. I know. All right, go ahead. Arr, shiver me timbers, G. Patrick Condon. I take me squid seriously. You better off a rematch. And if you cheat again, I'll make you walk the plank. Your mother is a ho-ho-ho and a bottle of cum. K-Rock sucks cock. Wow. Wayne the arsehole. Ooh, Okay. What was his name? Wayne. Wayne the Arsenal. Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into the squid eating competition, but I got to say off the bat, K-Rock does not want me talking about this, but I'm going to give the uncut, uncensored version of what happened and what went down in that shithole of a community known as Holyrood. I'd never been there before. The only thing that I ever thought about when I think of the town of Holyrood is that it's like a, I don't know, somebody with a speech impediment trying to say, and they're going to Hollywood, you know? So I went there and I went there and I saw this group of pirates going around. Nobody was talking to them. Nobody cared about them. And then I showed up and I decided that I was going to be part of this contest. So two things. One, I will say I never cheated. And I know I never cheated. Even if you want to say that I threw all this stuff in the tinfoil and, ah, you know, whatever. The guy that was running that contest, he went over the rules beforehand. And at no point did he say anything about how the squid rings had to be swallowed and digested so let me ask you this somebody ate the squid rings and then went home and threw them up would they have won where does the squid become throw up and at what period of time do we say that it's okay it was never specified to me so what i see is that i had these undercooked squid rings i actually i don't want to say undercooked i, I like the people at the restaurant there they're sweethearts but i'm not a fan of squid so i had the squid and I had it in my mouth, and I couldn't swallow it, so I just put it back out on the uh, thing. I mean, what's the difference at the end of the day? If you swallow it and throw it up immediately, you swallow it and go home and throw it up? I mean, I don't know. I, it wasn't specified. I got to plead ignorance here. I didn't know that that was against the rules. Two, even if you, if you look at this footage now, okay, I didn't know at the time because I was in game mode. And I didn't know what anybody else was doing around me. I knew that that useless partner that I had had maybe two or three rings eaten in the entire eight minutes that we were there. He was, you know, not really pulling his weight. I saw a third person video perspective and the other two teams were out for a free meal. Okay. So you got this husband and wife, I, I guess, or maybe boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know. I don't want to put labels. It could have been brother and sister. They were on the red team. They were just slowly eating. Then you got this guy on the blue team who brought his kid out for the first time in that kind of an environment, which is suspect anyways. I don't want to say that he's a bad father, but I wouldn't have brought my kid there. And I wouldn't have signed him up for an eating contest like that. Also, 
that kid's not pulling his weight was doing even worse than my partner Adam was. And then you look at me and I showed up and I'm shoveling that stuff into my mouth. And even if, even if you could tell me that me putting the squid in the tinfoil was against the rules that were never specified, I still handedly beat everybody else that quote unquote showed up to that thing. They were there for a free meal. I guess it's hard to come by full hot meals to the people in Holyrood, so they'll take up any opportunity to get something free. And I know that for a fact, because all the merchandise that I brought there to give out is immediately after I stopped eating. Oh, I was surrounded by children. Oh, 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 you can, oh do you have uh, do you have any uh, keychains? Uh, do you have any food? Do you have any food for us? We don't have any food. I said, no, I got like some shirts, the great and a tumbler and all these great things. I don't have any food for you guys. So I can only imagine that the, you know, that the people of Holyrood, you know, they got their panties in a knot. And maybe next year, if anybody shows up to this thing, this farce, they should maybe think about what the rules of their eating contests are and say, hey, you got to swallow the food. You can't throw up the food. It doesn't count. You have to say that. I went there to compete and I play by the rules. And if you don't say what the rules are, you can't tell me I'm breaking them. Wayne harassing me. He sent me a photo of him looking at me while I was in the competition. Do you see that photo? He's looking yeah, at I... me from the crowd with his arms behind his back. <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking insane. weird, man. It's insane. <laughs> Imagine getting so butthurt over a no-prized squid-eating contest. So there is a prize, and it's this trophy, and it's the most valuable thing that they've ever had in Holyrood. And I know that that's the reason they're upset now, is that this guy from Gander has their precious little thing. And, you know, didn't mean anything to me, but... Now that I'm traveling around the road and everybody comes in and wants to get a picture taken with the champ and his trophy, I can understand why the people of Holyrood and their minimal amount of income were sad to see this trophy go to a guy who came from a town that saved the world on the world's darkest day, 9-11. All right. What has Holyrood ever done? I don't know. Still waiting for that. Still waiting for them to do something for the rest of the world. And until that happens, you know what? Until that happens, I will say that I'm from Holyrood just to give them a little bit of clout, you know? Now get this, ever since ever since this happened, they kicked up enough stink that they want a rematch on the air. And so that's happening this Wednesday on the morning show on K-Rock. And the this mayor Wow. Uh, on this Wednesday, yeah, I got to... Rock. Yeah, okay. yeah, so they want to do over again because that's the holy rude way. Didn't count, wasn't ready, mulligan, you know? So the mayor is coming in because this guy got nothing better to do on a Wednesday, on a work week. Yeah, yeah, coming in to make sure that things are on the up and up. And you know what? And I know that the people at K-Rock, they really, really want me to lose this. I know that the plan is, hey, you know, maybe I should take it easy on him. The kid is going to be there again. The kid wants to regain his respect for his dad. 
We all know what happens with absent fathers in people's lives. I myself never had a father figure for a while in my life. And I know what happens when you lose respect for your dad. But I got to tell you, it ain't going to go the way that they wanted it to go. It ain't going to go the way they want it to go because I know that I could beat this guy with, you know, not spitting out the stuff. I mean, that's not the problem. This little rake of a guy couldn't put down, uh, you know, two or three of these fucking squid rings on his own. Like, it's not going to change. And so, once he's a rake. Is this guy like a pipe cleaner? Is he is he like pipe cleaner skinny? Yeah, he's yes, yes. Good analogy. Yes. Okay. So you should have no problem wiping the floor with this guy no and you know and i hope that the people at k-rock i hope that my bosses and my co-workers i hope they understand that you know asking me to do this it's not going to go the way that they want and i'm not going to let this guy win i you know this contest didn't mean anything until i showed up and you think that i'm just going to let this guy win now i'm just going to give it away after i've tasted not happening no. I got people making me clothing, Bishop. Somebody gave me a mug today with my own face on it. It was a child. I saw that. That's amazing. That's amazing, brother. Seriously. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. I've waited my whole life. I deserve this. I've deserved mugs on my face on mugs for years. And finally it's happening. And now they want me to redo it. And ha-ha, it's K-Rock. And let's give it to the guy, you know. Ha-ha. Not happening. All right, K-Rock? It's not happening. All right? Holy root, it's not happening. Mayor, it's not happening. Little boy, your daddy ain't bringing it home. Uh-uh. And they started calling me Mr. 709 around work now, which, um, a- because I'm a man of the people, and I want everybody in Newfoundland to know that I am Mr. 709. I am Newfoundland. I'm a fighting Newfoundlander, and I ain't going to lie down for anybody for any reason. Okay, and I don't care if it's a nice story that this dad gets to take his trophy home with the dad with the kid. I don't care if this dad gets to take the whole. I don't care if this dad gets to take the trophy home to his kid. I got people I need to take this trophy home to. I'm going to come from away. All right, they're going to give me free tickets. (laughs) Give me free tickets if I don't get that trophy. Come on. Come from away, free tickets. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my god, man, that's that's good shit. That's so. Oh man, yeah. Good luck, buddy. Not that you need it. Appreciate it. No worries. Sorry, I lost my composure there. I don't like to talk like hey, that, but that's you know, all right. You back hey, me up into a corner. You got me fired up, man. You got me fired up. I'm ready to go. You know, you go online and you see what people are saying about it. And you might see that there's like this small group of people that are saying, don't cheat in front of the kids or whatever. I'm out on the streets. I'm out on the streets at three days a week all over the place in the metro region. And the, what I'm hearing from the streets is that I'm finally, that somebody's finally putting these half-ass fathers in their place, second chance dads, I like to call them. Second and it's not happening, chance. okay? Wow. Great stuff. Thank you. I'm fired up. Yes, yes, yes. It is drunken trivia. 
to talk a little bit about the way that this whole thing is working out. I went to a place today. People are offering me alcohol all over the place. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I've never had this kind of experience before. Back when I drank, I mean, I couldn't get free booze if my life depended on it. Now it's like, go everywhere. Everybody wants to have a drink with me. Anyways. I'll get some new liquor. Okay. It's still Jim Bean, but I'm moving on to honey. Honey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. (laughs) Did you do a little bit more homework this time around? I did. I I hope I have some questions here that are not only informative and educational to the fans, but hard enough that you're going to get them wrong. Yes, that's well, that's the hope, isn't it? Okay, well, uh, let's just get into it, and I'll bring up what the uh, score is as we go along. I think the score is twenty-two to seven, or something similar to that. Question number one. Yeah. How many Royal Rumble matches has Doink the Clown been in? Mm. Is it A, mm. zero, B, one, C, two, or D, three? Wow. Well, I would have thought that it's more than that, actually. So it's not zero. And so it's either zero, one, two, or three is what you're saying. Yes. And so this is the character Doink the Clown and not just... Character Doink the Clown. Yes, correct. Well, let me see now. He, I'm going to... See, it's tough because, okay, while he was legitimately competing, it would have been between 93, 94, 95, and then by 96, he was gone, I think. But they could have always brought him back as like a special thing or whatever. Now, and so, okay, so it's not like if it was Mabel or somebody else, like Chris Jericho dressed up as him, that doesn't count, right? Oh. Okay. So I'm going to say three. Sorry, my friends, it is actually one. Wow. One appearance for Doink the Clown. Wow. When, do you know? 94. Yeah. Okay, question number two. How many times has Edge won a tag team championship? Oh, my God. Is it A, 12, B, 13, C, 14, or D, 11? So, I mean, they were just throwing that title back and forth when him and Christian were on the go. And then he would have had a reign with RKO, right? Team rated RKO, I think. And then with Ray as well? Was he with Ray? And they fucking... But they didn't win in those finals. I don't think they maybe ever won. I'm going to say 14. You are correct, sir. He had 14 tag team championship reigns in the WWF slash WWE. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Who do you, okay, I don't want to put you on the spot again, but do you is it all with Christian and, and uh, Randy Orton or? Oh, my buddy. Why don't you wait until the next question and we'll find all this out. <laughs> wow, beautiful. This is a structured quiz. I like this it. This is actually a three-part question. Okay. 
So cheers. Holy shit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, that alcohol, is it the alcohol that's making it hurt or is it the just the length of the gargle itself? Oh, it's the burn, buddy. The burn. Burn. Okay. All right. Are you ch uh, not chasing? No, because it's honey. No. Beautiful. All right. Now we can move on. Question number three. How many tag team partners has he won gold with? Edge. Okay. Yep. Is it A, six, B, five, C, four, or D, three? Oh, man. Okay, so this is just a continuation of what I was just wondering. So, okay. I mean, there's just this period of time that I wasn't watching wrestling, and it was, like, right before he retired, and there was just a bunch of shit going on. And um, I'm going to just say it was four one of the answers. Yes. I'm going to say four. Sorry, my friend. It's actually a six. Wow. <laughs> All right. What's the third part? <laughs> Question number four. Can you name all six of the tag team partners he won gold with? And you know what? I'll be nice because you've already mentioned Orton. I'll give you that one. And you mentioned Christian. So yeah. I'll, I'll mention that one. And there was somebody else that you mentioned that, but you weren't sure if they actually won a title or not. They so, did. Uh, so Ray. So there you go. So there's three. If you can name all six, you get six points. Oh my God. He didn't win it with Jericho. I'm trying to think. Like, did he win? He didn't win it with Jeff Hardy. He didn't win it with uh, the Dudleys. Matt Hardy, like that would have been good, but I don't think that that happened. Kane, RVD, no. Did he win it? No. If you want to say no? You can. It's fine. I'll give you three points for the three that you have. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that deal. What is it? All right. You were on the right track, though. He did have a tag team championship with Jericho. Wow. You had one with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. God damn and it. And you had that one with Chris Benoit. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So, this is yeah, so I'll, cool. give you, I'll give you three points. I'll give you three points. Anytime Chris Benoit's name is mentioned on this show, there's just a boo. I can't help it. He'll never be forgiven. Murder's family, you know? Exactly. Okay, so I get three points for that. But I don't take a shot. Okay, fine. So that's I'm at 25 right now, and you're at nine overall. Okay. okay. All right, let's move on from Edge, for the love of God. Yes, we are done with Edge, except for this next question. Ah! Five. The number 34. Is this the number of times... <laughs> <laughs> that the big show slash Paul White slash yeah. the Giants has turned face or heel in his career, or is it the number of championships Edge has won? Wow, it's uh it's an edge fest around here. 
and a pretty good question. I like the I like the thought process behind that. I'm I'm gonna say that it's Edge. It's the it's Edge's title reigns. Wow, I'm actually the Big Show. The number of times the Big Show has turned heel or face in his career, Edge has won 31 championships. Nice. Wow. Good question. Thank you. I promise, no more Edge. Okay. Thank you. Question number six. Who did Axe and Smash of Demolition defeat at SummerSlam 88 to retain their WWF Tag Team Championships? Is it A, the British Bulldogs, B, the Powers of Pain, C, the Fabulous Rougeos, or D, the Heart Foundation? Ah, damn it. Oh man, okay. You did good this week. Um I, I am going to say the Heart Foundation. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said the British Bulldogs had you not said the Heart Foundation, but I mean you did so much research on the hearts this week. I would have been surprised if that's not where it came from. Here you go. Bottoms up. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's holding the microphone up to his mouth this time. It's amazing. Oh, he's dripping all over himself. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's all over. Holy moly. I started to laugh. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm covered. Oh, man. All my sheets. All of my notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's okay. All right. Question number seven. What was the stipulation of Taker versus Mankind at the Survivor Series 96? Hmm. It is no multiple choice on this one. Right. So it's stipulation of the match itself, right? Is um, It's the kind of match, not what happens if you win or lose the match? Correct. Okay. So this is coming off of the Boiler Room Brawl. And no multiple choice. Uh, I'm going to guess that it was a buried alive stipulation. Uh. Paul Bear was in a shark cage above the ring. Ah, wow. I don't remember that at all. Good question. That shark cage thing, that seems, I mean, it seems hokey for even it for. It's very, very hokey. It seems very NWA ish. Is that the, uh, that's the Survivor Series where Taker came down from the ceiling in the Batman outfit, I think, too, right? Yes, the same one. Which yeah. I thought was cool, <laughs> so, but he didn't like that. Yeah. He thought that was hokey, but Paul Bearer in a shark cage, that's cool. <laughs> Question number eight. What was the opening match at SummerSlam 1990? Was it A, Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters? B, Axide Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov versus the Orange Express. C, Power and Glory versus the Rockers. Or D, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Bad News Brown. Okay, so uh, my first thought is that it's a tag team match. I think they used to typically start a lot of these pay-per-views with 
with tag matches. I don't think that Jake or Bad News Brown would be a circle, uh, a uh, circle jerk. I was gonna say <laughs> a curtain jerk, because uh, I would imagine that I can't remember that match. I'd imagine it was like a double DQ or double countout or something, because neither of those guys like losing. Yeah, maybe it was the Hearts. The Hearts. Who would they get in 1990 to start it off? The Hearts or the Rockers? I'm going to say that the Rockers match was the first one. Yeah. Good job, buddy. I will give you a bonus point if you can tell me who won and the circumstances surrounding it. Oh, Jesus. Um, I think that uh, – who are they against? Power and Glory? Yeah. I think Power and Glory won. And I would say it was – Did was that when – Marty got a concussion or something and couldn't finish the match because he was hurt. Or Power and Glory did win the match, but yeah. it was Marty facing them uh, basically one on two as Shawn Michaels in real life had a knee injury. Yes, and uh, they played that up during the match, and then after the match, they beat him down with a chain, and Shawn went for surgery. Nice, yeah. All right, well, I got that mixed up. Anyways, I'll just take but the one. Point. Uh, yeah, that's, that's two points for you now because oh, the, the okay, I'll take the two. Points. Hell yeah, 28 points. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Wow. How are you finding the honey stuff compared to the black cherry? Um, smoother. Okay, yeah. I think I might have had the honey. Question nine. Question nine. Who held the shortest time in a Royal Rumble for almost 20 years before Santino Morella broke the record in 2009? Was it A, Bushwhacker Luke, B, Damian Demento, C, Mo from Men on a Mission, or D, The Warlord? Well, I got to thank you for this one, Bish, because I if you had said both of the Bushwhackers, I wouldn't have known which one. I probably would have guessed Luke, but it is Luke. Well, fuck me, because I was going to put both Bushwhackers in there, and I switched it for Demi Demento, but also fuck you because the question's wrong. Uh, what? The Warlord. What? <laughs> Uh, no, Luke is four seconds. The Warlord is two seconds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that one hurts. That one hurts. Do you know what that moment reminds me of? I don't know if you remember this at all. We we're in grade seven. Uh, Miss Da asked us a question in class, and it was something I can't remember what it was. It might have been about the Scarlet Letter, and you said something like. I know this is wrong, but I think the answer is, you know, Scarlet A. And she said, you're right, Aaron. And then you got up and started dancing and <laughs> you couldn't believe that you got it right. And she said, no, I meant you're right that you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she later retired from teaching because she had mental uh, mental break or something like that. And I don't know. Calvin Harvey fucking broke Miss Da. Yeah, I know. She took it out on a good kid like you. Unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. So anyways, all all these years later, 
you got me back. And that's what happens when, when an adult abuses a child like that, they grow up to just push that hurt onto somebody else. And that's what you just did to me. So thanks, Miss Da. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go well, on. Last one. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Question number 10. Yeah. The original name to WrestleMania was going to be what? A. WrestlePalooza. Hmm. B. Hulkamania. Hmm. C. WrestleFest. Hmm. Or D. Grudge at the Garden. Ooh. Good question again. I don't think Palooza is one because I don't think that that was a term that was around back then. Hulkamania. I could see Hulk Hogan pushing for that. And then what was it at the Garden? Grudge at the Garden. I mean, that's very Grudge much. Grudge at the Garden and WrestleFest. Yeah, I think it's WrestleFest would be my guess, but Grudge at the Garden is like something that they would do too. My guess is WrestleFest. Ah. Give it or not, the original name for WrestleMania was going to be Hulkamania. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, Vince, you got to give it to Vince. He had the foresight to know that he didn't want to be attached to Hulk Hogan for that long. All right, so we end this week with me at a healthy 29 and Aaron Bishop at 13. And that's it for the game show portion. You did a good job with the questions this week. It does. It's not something that you can really come up with off the top of your head and know no, that it's going it's to not. be... All yeah, right, no, yeah. definitely had to put some work into it. I think I uh, I spent an hour, hour and a half on Wednesday doing the trivia questions, and then Thursday I did the mailbag. Friday I uploaded all my pictures and stuff like that. And on that note, Condon, let's go back in time. It is the BWF Chronicles, and this week it is Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6. So, Bish, I'm curious, what what was your feelings as a child about the Ultimate Warrior? I know you're a Hogan guy as well. I was a Hogan guy. I had a friend named Gary Han. Rest in peace. He lived up the street. He was a very big Ultimate Warrior fan. He had the Warrior poster. He had, you know, the tassels. He was a, always wore the face paint. He was a big Warrior fan. Really? Wow. Yeah. But I was always a Hogan guy. In fact, I was a savage guy. I was always yeah. a range guy, but yes, um, I was definitely going for Hogan over the word. Okay, so your buddy was into Ultimate Warrior. You were into Hogan. Does that mean that you didn't like Ultimate Warrior even back then? Or you know, I I did like him, but I, I could just tell that he wasn't I don't know the same. I guess as Savage or Hogan. You know, like just the way he moved in the ring, just the snorting and the I don't know. It was just um, didn't appeal to you. He seemed like a beast, like like an animal, instead of like yes. a wrestler. He was the dingo warrior before he came, so I guess maybe that was like a more animalistic kind of name. But, I mean, I knew of the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, you know, for better or for worse, did penetrate pop culture so that people that yeah. were passing fans of wrestling knew about him. But I never understood what his deal was. I didn't know what he was talking about. And I know that's become kind of commonplace to say, and we'll get into it for sure with this storyline, but he was a strange cat 
but he did appeal to a certain amount. Like, I mean, he was over for a certain period of time. Oh, man. When he beat the Honky Tonk Man at SummerSlam 88, that was one of the loudest pops, you know, crowd reactions of all time up to that point. And the people went nuts. He, Yeah, he was very over with the crowd, with the kids. And Vince, uh, the story goes, you know, he takes he takes a look at Warrior and all. He can see his dollar signs and mm-hmm. just figuring it away. He had a transition from Hogan to the Warrior for the new generation. And Hogan did not agree with that assessment. No, but uh, Hogan was also leaving. So Vince had to go with somebody, right? Because uh, Hulk was going to start his whole Hollywood dreams and aspirations. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like Vince could have just held off. I guess he could have probably went with Macho Man again, I suppose. Reason why this match even began in the first place, because there is no big heels. There is no bad guys big enough are over enough at this stage to go against Hogan on a platform like WrestleMania. So they needed a big match, a big money match. And most over person in the Federation at that time was ultimate warrior. So Vince decided to put the very first ever baby face versus baby face champion versus champion match as the main event of WrestleMania. What was ultimate warrior doing before this like was he at mania five he was at wrestlemania five as the intercontinental champion and rick rude defeated him yes for the title. gotcha and then they went on to SummerSlam 89 yes where ultimate war defeated rick rude and then uh, to get the championship back and then he went on to feud with under the giant uh at house shows in madison square garden for the remainder of that year so we pick up basically uh, in January 1990. This is right after Warriors finished with Andre the Giant. This is right after Hogan is finished with Macho Man. And this is the first time ever that the Hogan and Warrior go toe-to-toe, face-to-face in a wrestling ring. Iconic. World World World. Look at those pants by Hogan. Haku. The Haku got good pants, yeah. yeah. Hogan's just going crazy here. He's whipping Haku from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. Oh, he's telling something. Take the big oh, boot there. You go, oh, yeah. There he goes beautiful. over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. And I, I mean, I don't know that they're sweetening. The crowd is definitely still in Hulkamania mode at this point, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We have Tito Santana and Rick the Model Martel fighting. They used to be former tag team champions, Strike Force. Yeah. This one's the Warrior. Oh, taking a bump. I love it. Now, oh. Warrior now does model. a sneaky. That's kind of sneaky. Yeah, the Warrior just kind of dumps over Tito Santana as he was fighting the model. That's, <laughs> I think uh, Rick Martel was the Iron Man in this match, wasn't he? Oh my God, Shawn Michaels! Martel was the Iron Man in 1991. DiBiase was the Iron Man in 1990. Just okay. like that! Wow. <laughs> so they're both dumped out, and now we're left with the final two. And I don't remember how this ends. I know who wins, but I don't remember how this goes out. People are just ready for it. Right now, Warrior and Hogan are just staring at each other. 
Yeah, people are ready for it. You're you're right. It's, it's interesting. Sure. It's like Ultimate Warrior does the same things that Hogan does. Like, and I know, like, now they do this famous part where, you know, neither of them can move the other one. And do they, they do the rope runs in this too, don't they? It's complete nonsense. Hogan's running east to west, Warrior's running north to south, and the ropes. Uh, Hogan drops Boom. down to the ground. Double clothesline. And double clothesline. Both Warrior and Hogan are knocked down to the canvas. So, okay, so that's not the end of the match, right? That wasn't oh. the uh, – Hogan goes on to win, but how does Warrior get kicked out or eliminated? So Warrior is uh, fighting with somebody against the ropes, and Hogan actually comes over and does the old sneak job, just like uh. he did to and the year prior, and throws out the ultimate Warrior when he's not looking. It, Hogan does that in like every rumble. He does it in 1989. He does it in 1990. He does it in 1992. <laughs> I don't know how he keeps Hogan's getting away special. with this kind of stuff. But and eventually the fans do turn on him for his shenanigans. But obviously, like you said, Vince has seen dollar signs, and with that crowd reaction, you know, if his mind wasn't made up before, then he definitely knows what his uh, main event at WrestleMania six is going to be. So where do they go? How do we get there? The following week on Saturday night's main event, we have Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior teaming up as a tag team for the first time to take on Mr. Perfect and the Genius. Amazing sunglasses. Ventura's wearing. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, teaming up with the Intercontinental Champion. Well, they might think they're unbeatable, but I know different. Because last Sunday at the Royal Rumble, I saw these two major egos collide. I know there's a problem with Hogan and the Warrior. There's no way they will ever work as a cohesive unit. Now here, you have the ultimate tag team combination. You have brains and you have brawn, Mr. Perfect. The World Wrestling Federation has never I gotta say, I hate Lanny Poffo. I hate his little stupid poems. I think that they're just mindlessly dumb. And did he die recently? He did, yeah. Yeah, thoughts and prayers for sure. Probably not a bad guy. I didn't like him in any shoot interviews either. He just kind of came across as a guy that was always working. The genius was victorious against the mighty Hulkster, and the World Wrestling Federation fell. For a billion Hulkamaniacs who live and die for Hogan, saw the genius was triumphant at the belt. See, they saw their hulking hero doesn't take any talent to do city, what he's doing. Like the victim of a somewhat heinous crime, and now he has a partner even stupider than he is, so I'm sure he'll be the loser one more time. Yeah, he only had a job because he's the macho man's brother in real life. Yeah, I mean, and poor Kurt Henning has to stand there and pretend to laugh as he just blathers on. Incredible IQ. What do you think of that? Back to you, McMahon. Nice. I always love a good Jesse Ventura, though. You're cutting a great promo. So it's Saturday Night Main Event. How does the match go? I mean, obviously, these guys, you know, uh, can they coexist is the storyline for this, is it? Yeah, and they coexist long enough to get the victory. Of course, yeah. I mean, Hogan ain't going to... Now, Warrior's walking around in a circle. This is what he does when he's not talking. And he did it 
he did it when he was part of the ultimate his survivor series team remember and he tapes up uh sean michaels across the face with tape and, and sean is is rotted but he's the rocker at this point he can't do shit <laughs> it's like who can yell the most and do that is classic pro wrestling when people yeah. mock pro wrestling or whatever that's what they were referencing with just the guy screaming and flexing and just going ah at the camera right so, so if you caught any of that warrior was saying that there's gonna be a chemical reaction there's gonna be bubbling yeah. and boiling and they're gonna come together as a common bond oh my god uh yeah yeah <laughs> you know so the buys are out, and like you said, things are going good. They are able to pick up the big win at the main event. Then after the match, Mr. Perfect and the genius attack Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior from behind. That's awful. I mean, the match is over. Those guys should not be, should not be doing it. It's just classless. Whoa! Warrior what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Warrior was clotheslining perfect, and then he turns around and wham! Clotheslines Hulk Hogan out of nowhere. He did not see him there. Rocked Hulk Hogan immediately. He's slapping him in the face. I mean, oh, yeah. Now he's slapping Hogan's like, "Hey, man, you all right?" But he's looking <laughs> up to the sky for the old, I don't know God or whoever it is, the Ultimate Warrior, the ult more Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, he's trying and to so, pull Hogan up by his hair. I mean, he's trying to yeah. be good by here, but he's just coming up as a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's not being very gentle, is he? And Hogan no. doesn't want it. He pushes him back. He pushes Warrior away. Oh, my God. Do they do the same thing again? Where they just run into each other and neither moves? Oh, no. They're now they're head-to-head, forehead-to-forehead, and they're screaming at each other. I wonder what they're saying they to each other. Holes. Iconic moment here. Get pissed off Warrior and pissed off Hogan is going face to face. Wow. Okay. So, so uh, Ultimate Warrior is Intercontinental Champion, and uh, Hulk Hogan is World Champion. So, not only is this the first time that it's face versus face, WrestleMania is going to have just one singles title match, right? Where it's the Intercontinental Championship up against and on the line uh, against the world championship that is correct and here we are about to watch the contract signing of which yeah and so we i think we talked about this a little bit the uh conceit of this is just ridiculous right off the bat before you play anything you have ultimate warrior with his face paint on in a business boardroom setting so he's got his hair in a ponytail uh, but he's still got the face paint on, so it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, here it is. Jack Tunney, you know, he's my president as far as I'm concerned. There hasn't been another president in the WWF as great as Jack Tunney. Agreed. We're here tonight to uh, witness the official signing 
of the main event for WrestleMania 6 to be held at Sky Dome in Toronto, Canada. Side note, did you know that Jack Tunney was caught gambling WWF money and he got fired? This is for real? And that's why he was never mentioned even after he died? Really? I did not know that. No. That's the rumor, anyways. Allegedly. Allegedly. Passing the contract over to Hogan. You know, Ultimate Warrior, you don't realize what this means to me and all my Hulkamaniacs. That dark cloud, the darkness that you live in, once you sign this is where you're going to remain because the positive light of the training, the prayers, and the vitamins will prove at WrestleMania 6 that Hulkamania is still the strongest force in the universe. Mm -hmm. Step into the darkness once again. Doesn't make any sense. He said that the warrior was already in the darkness. What lies before us? Heavyweight Championship of the World and the Intercontinental Championship of the World are not. nothing but normal representations of why there are followers and why there are leaders such as us. But you, Hulk Hogan, know as well as I do that they are only. <laughs> and they cut the, the POV shots. Doesn't make any sense. Look into my eyes, Hulk Hogan! Uh. I love it. See it's so good. Nothing nice. You see no reasons for questions. You see no answers. For there is no reasoning in the thinking of the ultimate warrior. That's right. That's right. I will take the powers of those that question. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. As I take two and become one. <laughs> That's kind of pretty. And what does he say? Oh, he tells him to sit down. And warrior. To... Oh no, he said sign it. I love. I like the yellow intercontinental title that he has, though. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so it. there it's official, and I guess it just sinks lower and lower week by week as they just go on with this nonsense. None of it makes any sense. Like, what are they no. talking about, Aaron? Can you well, just... Before we get into the promo here, um, they had a couple of weeks where um, each man would face against Earthquake, and at the end of the match, Earthquake would try to beat down his opponent, and if he was facing Hogan, then the Warrior would come out and save Hogan. If he was facing the Warrior, then Hogan would come out and save the Warrior. Um, it Neither one of these men wanted the help from each other, so that built even more tension. Yeah. Hogan did that with said, Randy, too, right? Like, Hogan keeps coming out and helping people that don't want to be helped. Exactly, yes. it's Hogan's always been a heel, man. You know, I said he's always worked as a heel, but for some reason... The earthquake stuff happens, contracts are signed, and it also puts them over as being good guys, each of them good guys, because they're coming out to help the other one, even though... This stuff is happening between them. This animosity and this uh, this competition. Contracts are signed, and now we do the build up to WrestleMania, where it's just promo city, and it's uh, again. I gotta ask a question again. Like, what are these two guys talking about? Like, what is Hogan talking about when he says that the Ultimate Warrior is in a black cloud and the darkness? What What does that mean? No idea, but in this upcoming promo that we watch here, he's actually going to drop a couple hints that, you know, he might actually lose against the Warrior, and that is going to be Warrior's time, but also saying front Warrior better bring his best self. Well, maybe put together 
every workout that I train is more intense. The pressure on my back is more intense than ever before. And every minute that I try to sleep, my heart pounds like a drum. I feel Hulkamania is in danger right now, Hulkamaniac. This is the <laughs> ultimate test of all times. And when I get in danger, I go back to my roots. I go back to the instincts. That's why I went back to Gold's Gym, Venice Beach, California, the mm -hmm. power pit. That's why I went to the magic mirror, and I said, mirror, mirror on the wall. It's the ultimate warrior, the one that's going to make the Hulkster rise and fall. <laughs> wow, that's even worse than the genius. The magic mirror looked at me. Magic mirror? What is he talking about? I'm kind of phoning this in. Like, this isn't the same metaphor of Donald Trump falling from the Trump Plaza and grabbing the back of Hulkamania and... So is Hogan suggesting that Ultimate Warrior, who's probably just a couple years younger than him, was was a Hulkamaniac before? I think so. That's pretty crazy. So, I think... In order to beat Hulk Hogan, he has to be the ultimate Hulkamaniac. Yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Hogan yeah. is dropping hints there that he is going to lose. Uh, For sure. Him. Yeah. It's uh, more so than ever before. It makes it easier because uh, Warrior is a uh, good guy, is a baby face in this. But uh, you never heard any of these kind, this kind of talk from Hogan beforehand of what ifs and, no, and what, no, what you know, you got to prove it to me and. And and I think that Hogan at some point decided to just try and out crazy the Ultimate Warrior or like just meet him with whatever because with with whatever kind of insanity the Ultimate Warrior talks about Hogan has met him with you know the mirror mirror on the wall uh, heart of a lion uh, arms of redwood like it's just uh, insane it's insane but then Ultimate Warrior says hold my beer as this promo is probably the most legendary of his career. As I mentioned earlier, it's one of the most cringeworthy. It's one of the most intense, most insane things you're ever going to hear come out of anybody's mouth. Buckle up. Buckle up. Get ready. I don't think he knows what he's going to say until he says it.
Classic. By conventional means, the normal you travel with experience malfunctions. <laughs> I can't. Saving and comfort, the normals that have even more fear than you. What? Or do you, Hogan, kick the doors out? Right, okay. Kick the cockpit door down. Yes, you can see in his eye, he's like, All right, I got somewhere to go with this. What does that mean? They kill, they're gonna kill him so? They're already dead? I don't know. What? Dispose of children. So far, he's he's uh, uh, from what I gather, he's telling Hogan to kill the pilots, yes, dispose of them. So hijack the plane, yeah, uh, dispose of the bodies, take the plane, throw into a nosedive into parts unknown, mm. uh, find a place to hide, and here we go, and here we are. We're playing this for impressionable children, right? And right. at this point, the WWF is playing all around the world. And I only bring this up now because Hulk Hogan said that he thought the Ultimate Warrior grew up to be uh, Hulk Hulk Maniac, uh, Ultimate uh, Hulk Hogan fan. What do you think about the possibility that there's a couple of kids over in Al-Qaeda, you know, with satellite TV, watching this going, hmm, get the plane, hey? Assume the controls? Crash it into parts unknown? So what we're saying is 1990 WWF is responsible for 9-11. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Never forget. Who is? The chosen one. <laughs> Falcon! I am not the chosen one. Okay. The chosen 
Okay, who is? I am not. I am Hogan. Am. This is what he's gonna say. Okay. He's not the chosen one. He's the oh, only one. one. Oh, okay, okay. All right. That doesn't make any sense. It's not a great point, I don't think, to counter uh, Hogan talking to a magical mirror. <laughs> I guess, like, did they uh, say to him, hey, Jim, do you want to give that one another shot? And he was like, no, I think that's good. All right, we're good. All right, I'm gone. You guys just throw that up there. Uh, Jim, do you want to do one where you're not talking about suicide pilots and killing the pilots of a plane, Jim? No, 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 no. I'm good. Very good. You got to go to the gym, guys. All right, so now we get to Toronto, WrestleMania 6, where there's a little edge. Adam Copeland in the audience watching this go down. And pretty good match, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually a really good match. Pat Patterson laid it out. It's a half hour long. Fans are into it from beginning to end. You can tell the energy in that building is real that day. Yeah. I mean, people did make fun of him, uh, Warrior, for his sort of match stuff, but it's kind of the same thing as Goldberg. It's like, whatever gets you over, you know? Like, no need to really mess with it. People come there because they like seeing him run down to the ring, and other than that, he's just doing punches and kicks, and apparently they hurt like hell, and then he does his gorilla press, and let's go home. So the match for a babyface versus a babyface, did you notice, is there any signs of who the fans are cheering or booing maybe even a little bit? Watching the match last night, it looked to me is like 50-50, honestly. Wow. That's weird. Because yeah. that wouldn't happen today, I don't think. I think that somebody would work as a heel. Was anybody working as a heel in the match, do you no, think? Or no, they no they're both, it was a both back and forth try to outdo each other kind of thing. There's no cheating. There's no underhanded tactics. Hogan hurt his knee or faked the real played possum. I should say it with a knee injury. Mm -hmm. um, that's about it. What's your thing we'll see right now is right here. Uh, Warrior and Hogan are going to try to throw each other into the, the ring post. So we're about, we're definitely over 20 minutes into the match at this point. Yeah. Oh, headbutt. I always found it uncomfortable to watch um, these guys do the overhead press and grab the other guys, like straight up grab their nuts. Well, yeah, he's holding by his nuts in his throat. <laughs> he just throws them oh. over his head. Is this it? Is this flash? No. He's turning him over. Oh, my God. There he goes for the pin. One, two. Oh, yes, there we go. We're hulking up now. People Logan love it. Open up. I bet you everybody thought this is the part where the match is over. Logan's going to do the big bootleg drop one, two, three.
How do you overcome the Hulk up? Big boots. Well, got Hulk's big boot. Yeah. Here comes Hogan for the leg drop. Oh. He missed the leg drop. The Warriors. Oh, right into the One, two, two, three. Wow, he got him. And then Hulk kicks out immediately. Did not put him over. He's up. <laughs> Hogan on his knees asking God why. Why did you. Why did you turn your back on me, God? Why is Hogan still in the ring? Get out. This is four years time. I know. And so people do give Hulk a lot of crap for not giving the warrior his his moment. But I think that it's important for Hogan to do the handoff to him. I think. Don't you? It is. It is. And it's funny. Hogan pitched to Vince McMahon that during the handoff, Hogan turned on Warrior and he would call himself Triple H Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And now, Vince said, no, really? that would never work. You would never be able to work as a heel. That sounds like it's a story that Hulk Hogan tells. This is a story that Hulk Hogan tells. Yeah, so that's such, that's, real that is such bullshit. There's no way. He was leaving. He was leaving to go. I love Hulk, and I love the, his lies, too, actually. That's a bull-faced lie. I can't believe that he would say that. Imagine, though, instead of hugging him, he could clotheslines him right here. History would have been a lot different. But, yeah, iconic. Yeah. Hogan hands the belt off, raises the fist. Wow, put over by Ventura and everything. So yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, I um, yeah, it is a good match. There was a lot of people that were saying leading up to it that you know, Jim Helwig did not care about those titles, did not care about anything other than himself and putting himself over. But some people say, some people in the back say that that wasn't the case, and that some official or somebody came in to him sitting by himself in tears, looking at the uh, world title. He was in part of the arena where nobody else was. He was trying to get, you know, some time to himself. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, he was sitting down uh, weeping to himself. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. I mean, and now that I have this trophy, I understand the importance of a title like that, you know. And I'm not afraid to um, – I'm not afraid to say that I myself had a moment with my trophy where I, I wept looking at it, impressed, couldn't believe – that I achieved so much that I never, you know, dreamed of. So in a lot of ways, I mean, Ultimate Warrior kind of are the same. Beautiful. Well, okay. On that note, I think we're done for this week. Yes, sir. And once again, another great episode. I think you know we'll uh, make an announcement maybe throughout the week of what's coming up next. Make sure that everybody writes in. We love getting those emails. We will uh, read them out. And uh, so please keep on coming in. PW, PW. I don't know what's going on. How many shots did I do? BWF podcasts at gmail.com. And then I guess next week we will have some more announcements of how we are growing and becoming better than ever before. Aaron, what say you? 
bigger, better, badder. Nice. WrestleMania 3. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't get that reference. Wow. <laughs> you are the man. Yes. We are we are growing and yeah, um, I can't wait to see what the future what the future brings for us. Okay, on that note, uh, see you next week, buddy.